Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. As ever, if you want to get in touch, you can email me techtalk at newstalk.com. And for the first time ever in the history of Tech Talk, uh, Derek Riley of Nevo.ie is in studio. Real life person. I just thought you were like a chat GPT notion type voice thing that I spoke to. <laughs> With a male accent. That'd be interesting. All right, Jim. That would have been an achievement. In EV as well. Yeah. Pretty niche. Is our, are our jobs safe? For now. We'll find out. Stay okay. tuned. Um, but I'm glad you're in because we're doing something a little bit different today. Normally you're on and you're talking about a particular car that you've reviewed or infrastructure issues. I needed to have you in to talk about Tesla and Elon Musk and some of the court cases that are going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump into the nitty gritty of all of this, let's just pause for a second and take our hats off to him. If I had a hat, I'd take it off. Because he did make the notion of EVs, like he, he got a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attention for his cars, for the design, for the novelty factor, for the brilliance, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but then mm, mm. things have fallen apart. Yeah, so definitely he was leading the field, leading the charge, mm. if you want to use what a pun. pun. Here we go. Um, and a lot of other manufacturers kind of, oh, it's only Elon and his little company. Mm. And he really was building it up yeah. space by space. Model by model, sale by sale, country by country, and now you couldn't not take them seriously. Yeah. And every manufacturer is looking at it going, hold on a second, we really need to get on that EV bandwagon or that EV roadshow. And so, yeah, and he's built up a following of customers. Some call it a cult. Yeah. But they're... You know, there's a, a very strong share price that some people say isn't actually realistic versus the actual Wouldn't be like money <laughs> money mm. in the business. Yeah. If you take traditional ways of valuation, yeah. it's not as a model. Yeah. So people are happy to buy the stock. Now, starting to waver, mm-hmm. as you started, as you alluded to. Yeah. And like, like again, to focus on the positives for a second, he really drove the conversation forward quite a bit. And... Then I suppose the controversy started to come a little bit more when he was pushing not only the EV side, but the autonomous driving side. And he was not willing to compromise. He doesn't do many interviews. He does like little sound bites. And all of the sound bites were, no, 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 it's not driver assist. It's autonomous driving. And we're not going to compromise and we're not bowing down. This is the way it's going to be. Um, Was that a good call or a bad call? It is very much about the soundbite, Jess. It is very much about that. We had one yesterday, this week. We had the Investor Day. And it is all about the investors and the share price and keeping the following of Tesla happy with what's the what's coming down the line. And when Elana and, and others within the company talk about full self-driving autonomous cars mm. or, Jess, you buy the Model 3 today and we say in two years' time you'll be able to rent it out as a robo-taxi. When you're in work, yeah. working away, your car can be making you money. Mm. And people are bought into, are bought into, and at the very beginning he was talking about, we'll never charge you for supercharging your car on our network. So yeah. buy the car, you'll always fill up for free, but now you pay for it. So mm. people are like, okay, what did you say? What did you? And so now the, the fact checkers are out and you're saying this, but what are you actually saying? When you say full self-driving, yeah, what do you mean by that? And you're charging people more for it in the car, but what mm. are you actually getting for it? But the thing with Elon and think like I look obviously I was aware of him. I didn't give him too much attention just because brain capacity and all the rest. But obviously since the Twitter takeover and all the drama, and the one trait that I've picked up on aside from arrogance and banananess, which is a term, um, is that flippant nature. Yeah. 
and the, the they're not even batting an eyelid or pretending to be ashamed or pretending oh actually I misspoke or whatever it's confidence mm. but also as my grandmother used to say there's no filter between brain and mouth yeah it comes straight out and if he thinks it sounds good he'll roll with it and, and very, very, very unlike to, to step back and roll back that conversation yeah very smart man yeah obviously SpaceX Tesla all the rest of there's it there's no denying that mm. so clever but he's dickish yeah. <laughs> a character trait yeah and, and I, I, I think now you've become aware of him obviously I'm in the EV space so I've been on that journey a bit longer and known of him whereas you knew of him but the Twitter stuff I knew of him as the eccentric billionaire mm who tries stuff out, isn't afraid to chuck money at something and even if it fails, you move on to the next thing because he's always learning. Knew he was eccentric. Knew, like, he, he was probably a bit odd, but sure aren't we all. But the, but the, the, the flippant nature of tweeting crap while you're firing thousands of people or being duplicitous in what you say when it comes to the livelihoods of people. Mm. Um, and safety. And safety and and the 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 like Twitter is people hate Twitter right a lot of people hate Twitter I kind of I, I don't like it's it a at all anymore relationship you have with yeah but like I I have no issue saying that it would be great if it wasn't for the other people on it do you know that way it it's a brilliant platform and all the rest but it's just the people ruin it but the reason the people can ruin it is because the public safety and the policy teams and all the rest aren't empowered enough and can't go far enough to mm. fix it. Rather than addressing that and making it the number one platform for people to share ideas and visions and issues and all the rest, he took a hatchet to it mm-hmm. and a huge chunk came out and it's continuing to pour out. Yeah. Like we heard last Saturday, he let, uh, was it 200 more people go, which is around 10% of the remaining Twitter workforce? That's bonkers. Yeah, And in key roles, like you say, that's enforcing policy or checking to see what's happening mm. or hate speech or whatever it may be. And yeah, and, and a lot of people now are starting to step back and go, okay, if that's how he runs that business, how is he running his other businesses? Yeah. The SpaceX's and the Tesla's. Mm. And this probably segment is going to get a lot of pushback from some of the Tesla lovers out there, Jess. Well, I'm glad you brought them up because the very first week that I had you on, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I remember I got seven emails and it was a coordinated communication from Tesla owners. About how good I was. About how great you were. <laughs> About how, uh, I suppose, the, the, the fact that I, it was it, it, questions relating to comments that probably I made more than you made in relation to Tesla and also in relation to the battery and the chargers and perhaps I didn't fully understand what I was talking about which is absolutely fair and again hashtag not all Tesla drivers I'm just saying there was seven in my inbox on the Monday I've since gone down the rabbit hole on boards.ie and reddit of the Tesla. You're saying you didn't like Twitter and then you went down the little rabbit hole. I just was having a self-hate day and I thought, let's go do this. Uh, And there was also a fabulous piece in the New York Times that looked at the court cases that are ongoing at the moment. So Mm -hmm. a journalist went out and met some of the hardcore Tesla fans and he kind of spoke to them about their love of the cars, but also the issues. Uh, And he spoke to people who had reported issues with the uh, the autopilot Mm -hmm. or whatever the correct term is. And uh, I just find it so fascinating that these people were in accidents or were very near to being in accidents. Potentially, they could have been fatal because there are numerous fatal attacks Mm -hmm. with this system. And they were still saying, but, you know, there's an update due next Tuesday. 
and and happy about it. And I think a recent survey in the US talk about how Tesla now is the most has the most loyal customers. Mm. They're happy to tell their friends that I drive a Tesla. And like you say, it might be a, a panel gaps is a big thing within Tesla world. Originally, not so much now with, with new manufacturing processes coming on board. But so you, it might be a car that you buy 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000, depending on, and there'll be something wrong with it. If you're part of that, if you're a super fan or a Tesla fan, mm. you're saying, you know what, this happened and this happened and that fell off, but it's still a great car. Mm. But we're getting into the mass market now and where it's either Jess or whoever else will say, I'm after spending 60, 50, 40,000 on a car. This isn't good enough. Yeah. Like, all the other brands, the legacy automakers, have had to put up with this over the years and mm. get the quality control right and pick the right materials and processes, etc. But now that that mainstream following, and I think this is where these core cases are starting to come from, because it just can't be everything is great when it's not great. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting because the because of the EVs that you've reviewed for us and for your YouTube channel over the years. It shows that the quality and the calibre in the traditional automakers has gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. The prices come down in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. The understanding, the awareness of driver education before they buy an EV is there. So what was this niche little club over to the left? It's now expanded and Tesla aren't the only kid in town anymore. Correct. And it's not the, it's not the spaceship on wheels no. anymore. Like as. We talk about just on a regular basis, you'll jump into a taxi and it might be an electric taxi. Yeah. Or your delivery from whatever online store you get from will be delivered in an electric van. It's becoming the norm. I was in a Kia this morning, an electric Kia, and it's stunning. And it doesn't look a whole host from the outside, but when you get in, no, it doesn't have like a 15-inch screen in the middle of it or whatever, but it still had a really nice infotainment mm-hmm. system, plenty, sp- plenty of space, very comfortable seats. Nice that, smooth drive. Smooth drive. Yeah. Like I just, I, I feel like, and again, I don't want to be too cynical, but I just feel like the hype of having the Tesla is kind of over because the competition is there now. The brand isn't as appealing mm. as it once was. It used to be the status symbol. Like I for remember sure. getting excited when I was walking by um, Christchurch one day, I saw one for the fir- like for the first time in person. And I was like, wow. And now I just kind of pull a face and I'm like, ugh. Like, it's just another Tesla. But it's just another brand. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's become mainstream, which is to the success. A phenomenal car, and all joking aside, mm. has done a lot for EV and, and adoption of electrified mm. vehicles. The charging network is amazing. Mm-hmm. The technology that they use in it. So manufacturers did have to look over their shoulder. But yeah, it's But not is it the, better? Th- like, so point blank, mm. I don't know whatever you think is the best EV, right? Mm. But if that's not a Tesla is the Tesla better than it? Do you know what I mean? Like, does it go toe-to-toe with the best of the best that's on the market? Up to a certain standard. Okay. Like a, like a premium German electric, electric, like a BMW or a Mercedes or an Audi, I would say would have still a better build quality, mm. better finish, better use of materials. Tesla's getting there for sure, but some people don't care about that. Some people want a fast electric vehicle with the ability of fast charging and at, at a location that you're not queuing for two hours because, mm. you know, there's eight or nine of them in the row. And so Tesla put in that network and are growing that network all the time, but it might not be for everybody. Mm. People might want that softer seat or they might want that smoother suspension or they might want something that doesn't look 
like a Tesla because it is very much an aerodynamic design. Some people think it looks like a bit of a squashed frog. Yeah. And, you know, and but or the Tesla Model Y, it's just, it's a large MP or SUV. People, Some people don't want that shape anymore. Mm. And so Tesla, they only have the three or four models. Yeah. Really. I know Cybertruck is talking about becoming, but they've got the Model 3 and the Model Y on sale and then the S and the X are coming back out, but they're very niche, high-end, €100,000 cars. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you can, like, there's 64 different type of electric cars available in Ireland today. 64. That's not different models within trim levels. That's everything from a Fiat 500e and an MG4 all the way up to our Mercedes-Benz EQS. Yeah. And so that electrified range of models is... Now it's just, what kind of car do I want? And then what type of transmission do I want? Is electric good enough for me? Yeah, probably is. I'll go with the electric one. Whereas before, if you wanted a really uh, range-eating electric car, you had to go Tesla. Mm. There was no other option there. And so that, that they've lost that. And the thing with Tesla is they do not market. They relied on and rely on word of mouth. But that's kind of like Apple, though, as well. Like for many Apple years... Apple spent money in advertising. No, no, no. But for years... You know that they would have like it was subtle advertising, mm. I suppose. Like they'd often have ads with just the white headphones Correct. rather than showing the product. And we don't need to we don't need to go as hard as okay. you know maybe perhaps some other brands. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's part of the arrogance. Yes. And I think when you're in that type of position, you could argue that that's when you take your foot off the gas again to use a pun. But like Apple did it and Samsung swooped in then with some innovation and we're seeing them overtake. And I think that that could be part of what's happening to Tesla now. But I'm really interested to know what you think because go and read up on the court cases that are going on. We don't have time to talk through all of them, right? It's fascinating. But in terms of Tesla sales around the world, is it going to be the innovation or the owner of the company or the CEO or whatever his title is of the company that's going to be more detrimental? Innovation, I think there, there's a team of people within Tesla that are, are, are proud of the company, proud of their jobs and want the best mm. battery, charging, aerodynamics, tyres, whatever it may be. And so there's a, a core of people there that are driving the innovation on. For sure, Elon has been there sleeping on the factory floor, making sure he's like an engineer at heart. So Mm. he he has that mind to fix a problem. He can't do it all himself. But more and more, unfortunately, people are looking at his antics on Twitter or other things or his political swaying or who he was sitting beside at the Super Bowl and saying, do you know what? I'm not going to buy into that or Mm. him, unfortunately. And... I don't have to anymore because I've got the choice of I can go to a BMW i4 or I could go with a Kia Nero like you sat in this morning mm. in a Tesla and every bit, if not better, than a Tesla. It mightn't have the supercharger network, but if you charge at home all the time. And so there's definitely they don't have and without, like you were saying about Apple with Tesla, they don't advertise or market in the mass media. They don't buy TV ads, they won't buy newspaper mm. or radio ads. You'll never see it. It's that word about that will only get you so far. It'll, there'll be a plateau of that's as far as the reach will go. Yeah, anyone impressed by the model off spec or whatever it is will buy it and right. that's grand and you're absolutely dead right to go and do that if that makes you happy. Right. But you're not going to grow your reach. No. And if I went down and asked my dad who would be watching TV, reading newspapers, what do you have, have you heard of Tesla? He mightn't say he mightn't have heard of them, but he'll have heard of Hyundai. Yeah. He'll have heard of Volkswagen. 
And as much as these brands are the best-selling EVs in Ireland, mm. it's because they put the money behind it. Yeah. They're sponsoring TV shows or they're paying for ads or billboards or whatever it may be to keep that market share because you have to. Yeah. And so that innovation is going to, going to get you so much that the techie people like us, mm-hmm. we like it because the newest phone or the newest car, but it's a big purchase as well. Yeah. You know, like as much as there's the finance options and leasing, et cetera, et cetera, it, it's after your mortgage, it's probably the second biggest thing you're paying for on a regular basis, mm. on a monthly basis. And so people are now saying, and I think the next generation of people just are saying, I want to understand the company I'm buying into. Yeah, well, this What's is a huge thing. social responsibility? Yeah. What, how do they treat their workers? Yeah. Like, and you look at the headlines about Twitter and Dublin and, and the great people that have been let go in the most disgusting way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, no civil, not, no, like, we're not even going to get into it. But, and so people are saying, no, I'm not going to buy that car now because of that. But particularly younger consumers, like right. we're seeing that now, they are holding people to account. And so even if they want an EV because they're environmentally aware, to use the phrase I used earlier on, they're not going to back someone who's dickish. No. Because it, it's how you treat people and the impact that you have on the world. Mm-hmm. And there, there's more than one sort of vantage point on all of these issues. Right. And so that's why I kind of, I'm so happy you came in and we could have this conversation because I, I, I although I'm kind of uh, a bit sceptical maybe or maybe coming, appearing to be a bit hard on Tesla, it's not because I question the innovation or the ingenuity or the talent of the people there. But I do think the notion of pushing ahead with an autonomous system that relies on software updates like happens on my Apple Watch mm-hmm. And that software update could be the difference between somebody getting killed and not getting killed. It's a large chunk of metal on the road and you're either in it or you're around it crossing a footpath or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And um, like the this court cases have said, you, we can't be beta testers for you. No. You can't let that out into the world. And, and the other court case is saying, I'm a shareholder in the company and because you said this, the market price went down and because it was found out that the National Transport and Highway Authority have said, okay, this is not right. Yeah. And they didn't get away with it now. And again, the land of the free across the water in America, it's more so keep pushing until you stop, get told to stop. Whereas in Europe, it's very much tell us what you're going to do first and then we'll say whether you can or can't. Yeah. So like you can't market it as self-driving in Germany because they know it's not as self-driving because it's... it's Sure, we just had the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland on the show just before the break and they made this exact point. It doesn't matter if you're selling cars or you're selling makeup. If you are claiming... For that a product does something mm-hmm. and it doesn't do it, no, get a no. slap on the wrist. Yeah. And like that's that's what it comes down to. So I think that notion of calling it something, but but the th- the, the the more interesting case, in my opinion, just from a nosiness point of view, is the one in relation to the drivers mm. who ha- have been beta testers. Go and read that New York Times article or listen to the daily podcast on the New York Times um, app thing uh, because one of the people that they interviewed for the piece was driving a car and the car couldn't identify a police car because it had flashing lights on it. Yeah, there's a, a bit of a thing and I was in the fire brigade for 14 years so and when you pull up at a car crash and you use that fire engine as a, like we, we got trained how to park it so that you're you're protecting the people yeah. working on the ambulance crew, fire brigade, police officers, whatever it may be. But yeah, if the sensors that they're using and the technology that they're using and Tesla again have come back and said, and Elon has said, we're only going to use camera. Mm. We're not going to use LiDAR. We're not going to use radar. And he's saying, this is the way it's going to be. 
Yeah. And then you've got the likes of Volvo coming along saying, do you know what, we're going to put all three in. It's mm. going to be an absolute nightmare to make them all work. It's going to take a lot of money. But the new Volvos that are going to come out, the XC90, EX90, the brand new one, that's going to have three different technologies and sensor systems. And so that if there is a failure of one, you, you have that backup. redundancy. Yeah. Whereas if a, a truck is torn, turned over on the road and it's a big white side and that's all it's, you can see, mm. and the car just drives straight through it because it, at the camera-based system, that's line of sight. Unfortunately, there are issues with it. I can already hear people typing angry emails as we speak. Uh, techtalk at newstalk.com is the email address. For your, for your genuine thoughts, if you disagree with us, let me know why. Uh, or if you agree, again, please do share techtalk at newstalk.com. Derek Riley of Nevo.ie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Jess. Now, before we go any further, I just wanted to tell you about a brand new podcast by News Talk. It's called, as I remember it, Bertie Ahern and the Good Friday Agreement. It's a nine part series that tells the story of the trials and tribulations and twists and turns that led to the signing of that historic document 25 years ago. The podcast sees former Taoiseach Bertie Ahern reconnect with those who were in the room negotiating the deal and the likes of Tony Blair, who was there, and Bill Clinton, who was not there, but would still have a huge role to play in terms of getting the deal over the line. This week we have episodes four to six, and in this week's batch of episodes, Tony Blair chats to Bertie about why he decided to place Northern Ireland at the top of his agenda when he became Prime Minister. I mean, I grew up as a child with the troubles in Northern Ireland, my, my family on my mother's side had come from Donegal. I, I was very familiar with, with Ireland. Um, and, you know, throughout then my, my period growing up in, in the 70s and 80s and, and, and even early 90s, I mean, every day you were hearing the news would often, I mean, maybe two or three times a week would, would leave with bad news out of Northern Ireland of one form of disagreement or terrorist attack or killing <clears throat> or police from victims of the troubles. And, you know, so there was just this enormous legacy of bitterness. So, you know, we were in a situation where it was obviously going to be very, very delicate. I think my my aim was to do two things in that initial period. It was to say to the unionists, I believe in the union and the principle of consent that as long as the majority of people in Northern Ireland want it, Northern Ireland remains part of the United Kingdom, that is a rock-solid principle upon which I will stand. And to say to the um, Republicans, however, <clears throat> then Sinn Féin, however, if you're prepared to be part of a process that forswears violence and embraces negotiation, the door's open and we'll take risks for peace. Yeah, that was Tony Blair speaking to Bertie Ahern as part of the new News Talk podcast called As I Remember It. You can listen to the first six episodes right now on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, we'll talk through the big announcements from this year's Mobile World Congress.